This is the Biz News Podcast, one-on-one conversations with experts in business and personal development. What makes a superstar in business or in life? And what makes most of people just kind of muddle along, never touching the top? Roy Ozing has an idea, or as he might put it, an audacious idea. The veteran entrepreneur outlines his thoughts in this edition of Biz News Interviews. Roy, you talk, you use the word audacious an awful lot in describing your own career and how others ought to approach life. Would you explain what you mean by that? Many people, or perhaps can't even spell audacious. <laughs> yeah, thanks for the question. Uh, what I'm trying to communicate is that, I guess, my life and my belief is that you need to step out. You need to, to do things that uh, others don't do. Uh, you need to get away from the world of copying. You need to do things bold and courageous because quite frankly, that's what we need in the world. We don't need more copycats, Doug. We need people who are creative, bold, risk takers, and courageous to actually step out and do things that are different than others, but in a way that people care about. And I wanna make the point, be different isn't not about narcissism. It's not about the color of your hair. It's not about you know your DNA in terms of, of your birthright. It's what you choose to do differently in a way that people care about. And so it's all about the serving context. And I wanna make that really clear because some people say, well, I can be different. you know, And, and of course they, they relate to, to silly little things. And I say, well, okay, but that's not exactly what I'm getting at here. The world needs you to, to stand out in a way that others care about. And so I got onto this really young in my career when I observed that the business that we were in really weren't, weren't prepared for the kind of competition and the technological evolution that we were about to go into. I was in the telecom business and I was asked to build this internet company and we weren't ready. We needed to step out, do things non-traditionally and, and break away from common concepts that, that people held dear in business at the time and it was a it I mean audacious to me describes how I feel and what I did. And uh, I hope that people can embody the spirit of that, Doug, and give it a world themselves. Now, by building that uh, company, you started from zero, and when you left it, it was what sales of about a billion as in B dollars. Yeah, and to be truthful, it was an early stage business. It wasn't at zero. We had just started getting into the data business and the internet opportunity was just coming. And I was asked to basically take over this, this early stage business and build it. And yeah, we, I get goosebumps when I think about it, man. I gotta tell you, I mean, we didn't know it was gonna be a billion. I mean, today that business is $18 billion a year. Okay, that's what it is. And so, I mean, I like to believe that maybe my team had a, a bit of a role to play in, in that, uh, in that velocity, but uh, but yeah, I mean, it it was uh, it was an opportunity, and we decided that we needed to do things differently. I mean, if you can imagine a telco coming out of a voice world going into an internet world, imagine the cultural shock. And so that was a huge um, a huge challenge for us was that we needed to change the culture. We needed to take on new competencies and new skills, and and uh, and yeah, we we did it by by kind of doing non-traditional things because it was a new business. 
it would have been crazy to try the old stuff because it would never worked in a new world that we were going into. How, how did that first call to you say, Roy, come and do this occur? What led up to that? Well, I, I've been, in my career, I was kind of the guy that, that always wanted to, to, to do things that, uh, that I, I really um, didn't have the background for, you know, in terms of tradition. Uh, I was a leader that kind of was built a brand around being different and solving problems in a way that, that other, others didn't. And so I guess the, uh, the executive uh, at the time and the board at the time viewed that that's what we needed. That was the ingredient that we needed to build a business, thank God, because it was such a ride. And I just, I just jumped at the opportunity. And I was kind of like that person. I would just walk into something without really knowing, you know, what was going to happen. But it just kind of like fueled my fires to go and find out and, and, and try and be successful in a way that others, that others didn't do. So, I mean, I grabbed this. And I, I made I, I made only one condition to my boss at the time. And I said, okay, you just got to let me do my thing, man. I mean, I'll do this, but you need to let me go. You can't hold me. And bless his heart, he did. I mean, he he supported me and things, <laughs> I mean, and things that most people wouldn't have, but he did. And uh, and we were fortunate enough to to get a very successful business out of it. As you look around the world, uh you see a lot of people who have been highly successful in their careers and a lot more people uh, that you might say never quite made it. What's the difference from your perspective? Yeah, I, I, I believe that there's always going to be superstars. There will be. The, the problem is the percentage of superstars is really, really small. And so you have this bell curve, right, with the ma majority of human beings stuck in the middle of the bell curve. And it's always been my view that we can move them 10 points towards the superstar. Imagine the power and the energy and the performance that that would unleash. Okay. And so my, my angst has always been, how can I get the bulk of people to move? And I have to tell you, it is really, really difficult. And one of the reasons is that, that the people have been taught to conform. They've been taught to be complacent. School teaches them to follow the rules. School doesn't teach them to create new boxes to play in. If you want an A on your exam, you got to follow the formulas, et cetera, et cetera. So there's a huge um, inertia to make those changes. And so what I try and do, especially with young professionals, because I spend a lot of time with them, coaching them, is to say, okay, you need to put the textbook down. You need to put the textbook down. And people will say, well, Roy, are you saying that a, a formal education is not important? And that's exactly what I'm not saying. People that say that are looking for an excuse not to do anything different, right? What I'm saying is you need that, that formal education, okay? But it doesn't guarantee anything. You need to take on skills and competencies above that, in my experience, okay, that worked for me in a real world based on bias, politics, unions, personal preferences, you know, idiosyncratic behaviors. That's the world that you're going into. Now, unfortunately, textbooks, in my opinion, don't teach you how to, how to conform or how do you, to, to, to make it in that. The things that, that I was successful in doing 
are not textbook things. I mean, I, I talk about cut the crap. I talk about hiring for goosebumps. I talk about uh, killing dumb rules. I talk about line of sight leadership. None of this stuff is in any other textbook except mine. And so I say, put it down, come with me on this be different journey and learn some different things that worked in practice. Cause I'm a practical guy, Doug, I'm a how-to guy. All of my work is not about the essence. Okay, the theoretical pristineness of the idea, it's about practical stuff that people can do in their life, in their career and their business to be successful. And so the biggest, the biggest block I see is a reticence to move away from academia, is a reticence to accept uh, practical stuff. Because you see, we've been taught that complexity is the thing that we need. We're taught that simplicity, there must be something wrong with simplicity, right? Well, I got to tell you, I built a billion dollar a year business around simplicity. So don't tell me that simplicity isn't a hard strategic thing, right? Simple is a strategic imperative, Doug. Unfortunately, it's lost on the majority of people that I talk to because they're simply not ready for it. They haven't been taught that it's okay to be simple. They haven't been taught that it's okay to be imperfect. I mean, my world was based on imperfection. Can you imagine people seeking perfection in an imperfect world? Help me. Help me understand how that makes any sense at all. <laughs> oh, you got me going, man. You got me going. So uh, how do you break through... Uh, I understand if you hire new people and you're going to hire the people you want, but you're going to inherit a whole body of workforce that you need to get moving in that direction too. What did you do to make that happen? Well, I first, yeah, good, really good question. Uh, the first thing I had to do is build a what I call a strategic game plan for the business. Uh, and I looked around and unfortunately, most of the strategic uh, planning dogma was completely useless for me. And for one simple reason, it focused on the essence of the plan and not how to do it, not on the execution piece, okay? And so I reasoned that if, if I'm going to grow this business quickly, I need something that isn't perfect, but that I can execute by lighting fires in people that they believe in, that they will go out and they'll do battle for me for, okay? And so I built this, this process, which when I tell you what it is, it's kind of simple, it's really, it's, it's a, I call it strategic game plan. And it's, it's your plan, okay, that you can build around answering three questions. The first question is, how big do you want to be? It says in 24 months, where do you want your top line revenue? It's not about net income. It's not about EBITDA because we can play with that all we want. You can't run and hide from top line, okay? Because that's an expression of what the market feels about you. And so if you're at 5 million, the question is, do you want to be 10 million in 24 months? Do you want to be 50 million? The reason we start with how big, Doug, is, is the answer to that question determines the character and the risk of the strategy. Okay. In other words, I don't deal with the numbers at the end. I deal with the numbers up front because that drives what the strategy is going to be. Now, you'll notice I said 24 months. Okay. The strategic game planning process is not about five years, Doug, because the fifth year, as you know, never shows up. It never shows up, okay? So if you want to execute, you got to be kind of close in, right? You got to have your hands on the throttle. You can't have your hands on the throttle looking four years out. I'm sorry, not possible. Second question is where are you going to get the money? I call it who to serve. So you got your 10 million, 
Where are you going to get it? Now, this is all about defining customer groups that have the latent potential to generate the revenues. Okay, so this is a really important piece. People need to understand their markets. It's not a mass market issue here. It's about segmenting down as far as you can. Ultimately, you want as few segments as possible to drive the revenues. Why? Because you don't have unlimited resources and bandwidth, right? So you want to focus. Third question is how are you going to compete and win in those segments? I want to make the point. This isn't a statement about the market. It's about the statement about how are you going to compete and win in those customer groups you've decided to serve. And this is where most planning processes fall down. They ask you, what's your competitive advantage? Without saying, in the markets you've chosen to serve, right? They think about it as a mass way. And, and I've created this thing called the only statement, which is my tool to develop and determine what your differential advantage is. Okay, and I just want to take a minute here, and I know I'm going on, but this is so important stuff, okay? Most competitive advantage statements or claims use what I call claptrap and aspirations. They say, uh, we're better, we're best, we're number one, we're the market leader, you know, we provide the best customer experience, et cetera, et cetera. Or they use aspirations like, uh, we're in business to save, save the whole planet. Okay, now listen, none of those statements um, are worth a heck of a lot, quite frankly, because you can't define precisely what they mean. They're obfuscational, I would say. And so I had, to, I had to cut through that clutter and come up with a different approach, which I call my only statement. So you're not better. You need to be the only ones that do what you do. You need to be the only ones that do what you do. So the only statement says we are the only ones who, and it's binary. It either exists or it doesn't exist. You can measure it. And so I've created a whole, a whole piece of work around that. But, but the point is the strategic game planning process that I implemented, basically, I was able to, to do in literally a few days. And the reason for that, the reason for that is I'm not looking for perfection. I'm looking for a just about right strategy because I'm going to spend 80% of my time on the executional element, Doug, not the planning piece. So I'm not the 80-20 guy. I'm the 20-80 guy. 20% on the plan, 80% on execution. That was the first thing that I did. That particular game plan basically said, we are going to unleash the power of the internet. That drove a bunch, I get goosebumps when I think about that. That drove a whole bunch of work in terms of creating values for the organization. I'm getting to answer your question. With the values, I was now able to do an inventory of the people who were available in the business and make an assessment, were they able and willing, okay, to actually live to the values of, of our new business that was internet-centric, team-based, customer service, customer experience-oriented. And we basically went through the, the organization and said, hey, you've got, are, are you willing to come with us? Do you want to come with us? There's a lot of people that self-selected out, Doug. They didn't want because I'm a fairly hard guy a leader when it comes to driving for performance. I mean, nothing matters to me, okay, if it can't be related to driving performance, hence the billion dollars. There's a lot of people didn't want to do that. So I said, okay, let's agree to, to part ways. It's not a good fit. And so that culling process, I'll use that, even though I don't like the connotations of it, but we, that's what we did. We used training, okay? People had the right attitude. They liked people. They were good at teamwork. 
I can teach them the data business. I can teach them what IP is all about. What I can't teach them is how to love people. And that was a really important thing for me. You got to love human beings because this is a service business, right? And so we went through that, man. It was so, so arduous and it took us a while, but gradually with the strategic game plan and the values in mind, we gradually changed the mix of people and started to evolve to a culture that led to the billion and on to 18. So sorry for the long-winded explanation, but that's how I got there. That, that's why we have a big hard drive here. We, we, appreciate, <laughs> we appreciate the long-winded ones because we learn more from them. Oh, well. Uh, Roy, what are you doing now? I understand you are offering your ideas and services to others who would like to learn. Yeah, well, the first thing is I've written uh, the seventh book in my Be Different or Be Dead series, which came out last May. It's called Be Different or Be Dead, The Audacious Unheard of Ways I Took a Startup to a Billion, which you referred to before. Thank you. Uh, and that's really an updated version of my work. So I thought, well, because I, I wrote my original book back in 2009, Doug. This is not for me. This is not new. It is to most people. That's part of the problem. Okay, and I decided that I needed to take another hit at the market. I needed to hit people again with this because as I looked around, I thought, wow, we got some real issues here. Because in spite of the fact that competition has never been more intense, customers have never had more power, technology has never changed more quickly, differentiation is mediocre. And so I decided I got to hit again. I got to get get the be different or be dead stuff out, write the book and and I've been having fun doing podcasts like this is my opportunity to kind of explain my stuff. And at the same time, time make myself available for people, businesses of all sizes and not for profits who actually want to do what I call referred to earlier as a strategic game planning exercise, which is the beginning of the process. Like it's not a matter of saying, how can I be different? It's a matter of saying, do I have a plan in place, particularly small businesses? They don't take a lot of time. They're so busy working in their business, they're not working on their business. And so my strategy is, hey, can you give me 48 hours? Let me help you in 48 hours. We'll build a plan. You will see the difference. And it's uh, it's been quite remarkable uh, how well that's worked, which just kind of like it feeds me. It feeds me in my belief, right, that you don't need a five-year plan, which is a silly idea anyways, and you don't need a $50,000 consulting arrangement and agreement you can get stuff done with a leadership team which is what i do in literally two days it ignites passion and fires and it gets the job done so i'm trying to do a lot of that um the podcasting is really important to me because i do better communicating like this nobody can communicate my stuff but me and i have to do it in person and so this technology is is super i mean i'm, I'm learning stuff every day and i'm yeah, I, I know what this stuff is now, and I never did before. So it's now, been personally gratifying. Roy, you've got to tell people, how can they get in touch with you? Website? What? Yeah, well, I got a website. It's bedifferentorbedead.com. Uh, hopefully, there's enough resources on there. I've got information about my books. I blog every week, so there's lots of data and content on my, my stuff. And as well, I have a, I have a, uh, an email address, roy.osing at gmail.com. And I'm really happy to communicate with people on an individual basis as well, Doug. 
Roy, you've been just uh, a fount of information and uh, some circling statements as well. And by the way, great title for the book. Uh, <laughs> what would you like to add that you haven't had a chance to talk about? All I would like to say is uh, is 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 make an offer, okay, to your audience to 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 join me in the be different or be dead journey because it's a journey that's fun, uh, it's creative, um, it's enlightening, it's 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 a breakaway concept, and we together will make a difference. But we have to be an army, okay, of people who are advocating be different. There's not enough of us out there, so come join me and. And let's, let's do the journey together. You've been watching the Biz News Podcast. We welcome your input. Send your email to editor at biznews.com. Thanks for watching.